Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. And I would say too, you have to be careful about the get rich quick kind of thing too, because a lot of people don't spend enough time in something, right? So like some people try to get into drop shipping and there are a lot of people that are really successful at drop shipping, but that's because they took the time to see it through and tune their audience and get their traffic going. And, you know, but there's a lot of people that see that their success, you know, 10 chapters down the road of Facebook ad tweaking and they go, oh, I want that. And then they try it and they go, I didn't get any orders. I tried a product, I didn't get any orders. And then, you know, so I think there's a lot of times when people kind of want the, the get rich quick thing and they just jump from one thing to another. So it's like, there's a balance, right? There's a balance in spending enough time with something and putting enough backing behind it where you give it a, a fighting chance. But then there's also a time to say uh, enough is enough. Like this isn't working and time to move on. Right. <laughs> and there's signs too. Like, like with the hookah thing, I talked to a lot of people and every single person said, Hey, I'm not interested with outsource school. When we launched on Corona week, which when the U S got hit with coronavirus, which was like the worst timing in the world. And we had like a bad first day, even though we ended up strong, we, we at least talked to people and people said, Hey, I'm interested. I want this. Like the world's crazy right now. So there, there's at least signs. And I think if you actually talk to the customers and you do the research, you'll be able to see, Hey, like there's nothing here. I can spend another two months. There's still going to be nothing here or Hey, there's signs. I just have to tweak my messaging, tweak my page, tweak my marketing, whatever tweaks you have to make in your business to, to make it happen. Love it. Yeah, Got absolutely it. agree. So Nathan, I got, I got another quick question for you. Uh, one of the things that I've realized is, you know, once again, I'm, I'm similar to you in, in that, you know, always reading new books, always, you know, moving on to the quote unquote next thing to like get myself to where I need to, to, to be. But what I realized is, 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 you know, once you have a product, once you have something, there's only so much more you can do um, until you really dial in on sales, right? So sales is one of the most important things on the planet in terms of, you know, getting the word out. You know, if you, you know, if you spend a little bit of time or you spend a lot of time launching a product, getting, you know, great packaging, doing all this stuff, and then you put it out there for a month and, and you hear crickets, a lot of people give up there. They, they just go, oh, you know, it's not working. I'm out. Um, so I would love to kind of hear your feedback on, you know, uh, the sales cycle and maybe like how, like, how do you determine, um, you know, what's working, what's not working? And do you have any process in terms of, you know, maybe a checklist, maybe like, how do you go about, you know, you said you're doing podcasts, you're doing all these things. How do you measure that? How do you decide what to work on next in terms of sales and marketing? Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I, there was actually a point and I, I don't want to bash the Orlando or like the entrepreneurial community in Orlando, but I just got so frustrated because I would go to these meetups and everyone was like seeking funding. Like they just couldn't move in their business until they took funding. And in my mind, I'm like, no, like go get sales, like go prove that you can actually sell your products. And if you do that, then the funding comes. Um, and it, to me, like the whole thing just was backwards and, and got me pretty frustrated, but I a hundred percent agree. Like you have to start selling your product. Like same thing with outsource school. Like we didn't, we didn't work 10 months, launch it and then try to sell it. We minimum viable product, got it out there with free out minimum viable product, got it out there. And, and to me, 
Like we've never lived in a time that it's cheaper to start a business. We mentioned you could start a business with $5,000. So there, unless you're, you're coming up with like the next Uber, which most people that try to come up with the next Uber fail and, and hemorrhage a lot of other people's money, you, you have to start getting sales early on. And my thing, and this is why every time someone's like, hey, why are you talking on the phone with people with free up or earlier with outsource school when I was still doing phone calls? Now we have a, a VA team that does phone calls. To me, the, figuring out your message and your pitch is incredibly important. And, and I like to hear when I'm talking to someone on the phone, like where I lose them. Because there's always a point that you're talking to someone and you're kind of explaining your product, explaining the benefits, explaining the pain points. And you just realize that they just, that just didn't resonate with them. Or you get kind of responses like, hey, I'll talk to my business partner or hey, like that's not really what I'm looking for. But then the next phone call, you tweak it, you try something else. And eventually you get to the point. And I feel like with free up, we got to the point where um, people were asking me to like show up on masterminds to give the free up pitch because we had perfected it. But I didn't just wake up one day and come up with that pitch. That was like hundreds of phone calls, fine tuning every single word to make sure that it was resonating with people. And, and that's a lot of times what you have to do as an entrepreneur to, to kind of get there. And I don't think we're there with outsource school yet, although I think we're a lot closer than, than we were in March. So once you can figure that out and kind of dial in the sales cycle, everything else becomes easier. And if you think of it as a funnel, all those organic marketing tactics we talked about are really just to, to spread awareness, to get them on your site, to get them to, to check you out in some way. And then you have to figure out, hey, are you doing the, the upsells that, that Russell teaches? For, for us, it's always been get them to hop on a phone call. Um, same thing with free up with Outsource School. Like if you go to OutsourceSchool.com, everything points you to scheduling a call with my rockstar VA who impresses people on the phone, um, which is a, a big win for us. But even if you sign up for our other lead magnets, everything kind of points to the phone call and then to sale. But there's a certain element of tweaking, just like you tweak that pitch um, to, to figure out what works for your business. Yeah, absolutely love that. And I, I love to, uh, to, you know, for the people, you know, who a lot of the, our listeners who are like Amazon focused, I mean, Amy and I did the sourcing small masterclass, right? And what that was is like, Hey, buy like three products on AliExpress. You don't need, you don't need special packaging. You don't need a brand. You don't need anything, but you get to get something out there and learn the process on how to do, to do Amazon, right? Like there's, I remember when I first started, I did all merchant fulfilled because I was like, what's FBA. That sounds weird and scary. And how do I do that? And it, once you figure it out, it's super simple, but you know, it's all these things that you tell yourself that you need to do that are really not important until you actually get, you know, get some stuff moving, get some products, you know, and it can, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, you know, you know, like we, we were saying, like, you know, it, it does not need to be branded. And well, what if I get hijacked? I go, well, you just ordered 10, right? Start a new listing. You've already <laughs> proved the concept, start a new listing with your brand, have it branded, you know, start over. And you've already learned how to launch now because that first product that you sold 10 of you, you all you do is just redo that process. Right. But just put more effort behind it. So I absolutely love that. And I think that, in, you know, myself included, you know, I always like to tell people who listen to this podcast, I get to make all the mistakes so that I can tell you guys, um, you know, how not to make those mistakes. So I stumbled into that process early on in my Amazon career. I, you know, I was just like trying to source like one product a, a week, which that, you know, in retrospect was crazy, but you know, even if you guys source one product a month, which I think is actually a, a smarter thing to do, especially nowadays, and you do your research and you, you, you know, you really, um, you know, put your focus on that, that, you know, that's how you guys should really be looking at things and, uh, you know, and, and, and planning those, those things out, but also testing first, testing the process first, learning how to do it successfully, and then repeating it. 
And the other thing that Nathan said is perfecting your pitch. That goes with anything that you're selling, whether it, because everything relies on the, the two questions, right? The one question that customer is gonna ask when they hit your website or your Amazon listing, whether you're selling a service product, an info product or a physical product, consumer product is, is this for me? And if you don't have the answer to that question for them, for the right customer for you, right? Like Nathan said, that wasn't my first pitch. Like I learned over time how to pitch that. And I think of my, my invented product. When I first put it out there, I did such a bad job communicating what it was. And I thought that it was awesome, right? Like I thought I was doing a great job communicating it and I was getting returns and people were like, it's not a litter box. And I'm like, yeah, it's not a litter box. Like I'm clearly not doing that right, right? But it takes time. So like Andy said, don't give up at, you know, a one month of, oh, I didn't have any sales. It didn't work out. Right. Look back at it and go, why would someone buy from me? Why would they trust me? Cause that second element is trust, right? they especially free up, you know, you guys had trusted VAs, how many of us, and same thing with outsource school, they're teaching you how to hire someone who you can trust. And the thing, the biggest element when you're hiring a team is trust. When you're hiring anyone to take something off of your plate, of this big, scary entrepreneurship journey is trust. And that's the, the, the biggest thing to learn and why to perfect your pitch over time, perfect your advertising, perfect your brand messaging, all of that is because of trust. And so that's, that's just a huge thing. Um, and so don't, like, like Nathan said, don't give up, keep perfecting your pitch. Like Andy said, start small, minimum viable product, right? I, I love that. That's, Awesome, but don't give up at month one, but also know when to quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love that you've taken what's worked for you, Nathan. And the other big thing that you do that I have such mad respect for is every time that you launch something new, you go out to your network and you ask them what they need and how you can make your offer better. You so many times have said, hey guys, we're doing this with Outsource School. How could we make it better? How could we make it more appealing? And, you know, I've made comments on those things and you've implemented some of those things. And it's just like, it's cool because then it's building on that trust. And just like you were talking about talking to customers and seeing what they want, uh, I have to commend you for that because not everyone does that well. And you're just super humble and you're like, how can I make this better? I remember, I remember having conversations earlier with you this year that you were just super confused about outsource school, which is like the best feedback because it's like, all right, if, if she's confused and I know how many info products you've just seen across Facebook or whatever in your, in your lifetime, like clearly the average person is confused. And there's a certain element of it. Like, like when we started free up, we kind of started off as an agency and then we switched to a marketplace and it took us like six months to get everyone out of the mentality that we were an agency and very similar to outsource school. Like when we started outsource school, we launched with a course and now we're, we, we're kind of backpedaling. We're like, no, outsource school is not a course or a membership. And we've kind of tweaked some stuff there. Um, and, and part of that's with, with kind of reading the market and understanding what kind of business you want to run as well. And, and that, that doesn't end. I mean, when back in the day when, when you could go to conferences, uh, I would always ask people like what they thought of free up and trying to get feedback there. Same thing with outsource school. 
I mean, feedback can, can only help you. The key is making sure you're listening to the right people. Like when I tell my mom what I'm doing with outsource school, she's going to tell me, Hey, it's great or whatever, but that doesn't mean anything. It, it's talking to actual people that are, would buy that product, come across similar products are familiar with that space um, and actually listening to them. And it doesn't mean you need to implement every little thing instantly, but it, it's good to have that information. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So have you perfected your 30 second pitch for outsource school yet? <laughs> I'm not, I'm test not sure. it out. Let's test it out. Tell us what Outsource School is. <laughs> so if you join Outsource School, you're going to get our unique hiring process that allows you to hire rock stars quickly whenever you need to. You're going to get access to trainings on how to set up different roles inside your team, like customer service, sales, lead generation, podcast outreach, stuff like that. Support, community, and coaching to help you along the way, uh, along with access to our software, Simply SOP, to make creating SOPs easier um, and reoccurring there. So if you join Outsource School, you can join for 97 bucks a month or 997 per year, and we come out with new trainings every single month. I love it. And the other great thing about groups like that is accountability, right, Nathan? That's uh, like one of the main things that uh, that goes with one of my, you know, with, with the, the mastermind coaching group that I'm with uh, for software is, you know, there's a bunch of us in there and it's like, well, what have you done for the last few months? Like get, get off your ass and get, you know, get something done, do something. So I love, I love that, you know, w with that type of setup, you also get accountability. The other thing that's really cool that I think that some people have talked about before, I don't know if you've ever done this, Nathan, is um, in terms of, you know, verifying your product or, or, you know, getting feedback from your product, you'll get hit or miss, but um, uh, Amazon Mechanical Turk, like it, it's a little bit complex, but it's really not that hard, but going in there and just, you know, you, it can be for your Amazon product. It can be for, for your software. It can be for whatever it is. It can even be like, like I've done this before, like, Hey, you know, check out my website when you go to my website, what services do you think I offer? And and the answers you get are extremely surprising. Um, so do you do any type of that or is it all one-on-one -on -one, like personal stuff, um, you know, in terms of, of getting verification of product and things like that? Yeah, I mean, we do split testing and stuff. A lot of times I'm more on the ad side. Um, and I think that we could probably do a better job on the website thing. The, the thing is Connor has, Connor's just really good at building websites. I'm kind of lucky to have him. So I leave that kind of stuff up to him and and he's constantly getting feedback there. And he probably does a lot of split testing stuff that, that I don't even know about. So that's a little out of what, what I actually do on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm a little bit more on the marketing side and creative side and, and getting out there and, and talking to actual people. Yeah. You're the face of the company. He's like, he's like me, the introverts. Yeah. <laughs> That's my problem. I need the face of the company. I, I need, uh, I wish my wife was into software. See, she wishes I was in real estate and I wish, cause she's like, Oh, if you came over to real estate, you could build my soft, you could build software. You could do all my marketing. And I'm just like, meh. And then I'm like, Oh, you could come into the software and Amazon thinks you could do this for me and that. And then she's like, meh. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. Like that is a really great question that I get asked all the time um, from clients and that Nathan probably has a really good finger on his pulse of is as far as what makes a good partner, like what should people look for in a partner? You've obviously been with Connor for a long time. Your skills kind of complement each other. Um, so what, what advice do you have for people on if they need a partner, finding the right partner? 
So equity in your company is everything. I think a lot of people are way too quick to, to give up equity in their company. I mean, with Connor, Connor was one of my first employees. I hired him in college. He was one of the only college kids that was reliable and, and actually good at their job. Um, but I built up a lot of trust with him before I actually made him a part owner in Amazon um, and, and kind of increased his ownership going from pre-op to, to outsource school to where we're 50-50, um, 50-50 owners in, in outsource school. So I mean, that, that trust develops over time uh, and you won't actually know what you, whether you can work with someone until you go through some adversity. It's very easy to be business partners with someone when you're making tons and tons of money. It's when everything goes wrong that you understand when you can actually work with someone. And we went through some, some devastating times. I, I have a Myrtle Beach story where we, we kind of lost everything. I'm, you guys might've heard it. Uh, we had one supplier, one manager, and both of them quit and dropped us on a vacation that we took. And we had to start the whole Amazon business from scratch and, and like, year one and a half um, and, and other stuff uh, across the way, having to fire people and, and make bad hires that, that cost us a lot of money. So we've been through the, the ups and the downs. We've kind of been numb to that. And we have very, very different skill sets. I mean, you won't see Connor posting in the ClickFunnels group, but he's a very good marketer. He's good at what he does on the SEO side, good at what he does on the website side, um, does a lot of things be, behind the scenes, makes me look really good. I probably get more credit than, than I deserve there. Um, but we have the exact same values. Like we believe in treating people well. We believe in owning up to our mistakes because neither of us are perfect. And you want someone that, that can take responsibility. We believe in like very, very lean finances, both on a, a business side, but also a personal side. Like Connor's not out there buying Lamborghinis. I'm not out there buying Lamborghinis. We, we invest Why in the not? stock market. We're, we're just very similar minded uh, across the board when it comes to our values and how we talk to people um, in general, whether someone's never made a dollar before being an entrepreneur or they're an eight figure entrepreneur, we try to treat people the, the same way. So same values, different skill sets, and some way to, to build trust with them before you just go all in and give them everything and, and can't back out. That's I think advice. that's like with great advice, you know, Andy and I have been in business together for a little while and we started on our friendship and doing things together. And I think our, Andy and I's biggest issue is that we both have the same weaknesses. <laughs> we both like to chase squirrels. Uh, we both like to like, we, we both are idea fairies, you know? And, <laughs> and so, you know, we're both kind of introverted in certain ways. And so it's like, it's, it's hard when you have a, a partner that is, uh, it's really good to have the same values because we have really similar values and, you know, and which is so, so good, but it's hard if you don't, if you both have the same weaknesses, it's good to have like strengths that complement each other's weaknesses, but yeah, great advice on that. What do you think, Andy, as far as partners? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, par partnerships are hard. They're just like marriages, you know, um, it, it, but the other thing that I think that you really need to look at, and this was once again, you know, from my coaching call earlier today, uh, which was great timing. I, I gleaned a lot from it is, you know, uh, my coach asked a question of like, you know, are you getting a partner because, you know, you're not, you know, what you're working on isn't performing and you think that partner is going to like bring some like magic fairy dust to what you're doing, or is it that you're just not getting it done? And I think that a lot of people think like having a partner is this like magic bullet, right? But what you have to think about is like step back from that and look at, for me, once again, like I said, to me, I, the, the uh, introspection after my coaching call today was that I'm sucking at sales. Like I should be on every day talking about my product, what we're doing, what's coming up. And I, and I don't do that. 
And, you know, there's lots of excuses. I have children, I'm not getting enough sleep and things like that, but you have to push through those things, right? You have to like say, you know what, I'm going to go live today. And if my kids come into the background, you know, maybe it'll go viral. Maybe, you know, it'll be like one of that, like that CNN video where that mom drags the kid out, which if you guys haven't seen that talked about it before, it's hilarious. Um, but you have to just get, you know, get out of your own way in terms of like really thinking about, you know, what is this partner going to bring to the table? And, and is it something that, you know, that you're just thinking that you're lacking or is it, you know, something that's essential? So that's the only, the, the only advice that I will give for my experience thus far in terms of partnerships. Or something that you maybe need to hire, right? That you have to have the visual, the, the vision for and be able to give the guidance for, but you can hire sales. You can hire really great people to who that's their, that's their energizer bunny. I always say you have time and energy and energy is a greater asset than time. Because if I do things that bring me energy, I'm never going to run out of time. I'm going to be able to keep going because I'm doing things that bring me energy. And, um, you know, when you go, when you think about like sales, if it's not your strong suit, you know, your product, you know, your pitch, Yes, as as the owner and founder of a company, it's your job to make sales, but it doesn't mean that you can't give that guidance to someone else who loves making sales. <laughs> Would you say that, Nathan, that you don't necessarily need a partner for it and you don't necessarily need to hone the skill yourself? You can always hire for it. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the big decision. It's like, do I need a partner? Do I, can I hire for it? And certain things you, you can or, or can't. And, and you had something that I thought was really good is like, do you actually enjoy doing it? And that's a question that Connor and I ask each other all the time. Um, I, I remember asking each other at the end of every Amazon busy season, which was super crazy and we were burnt out and we were pulling all nighters like, hey, do you still enjoy this? Like even the last week, um, Connor's actually on his way over to my house right now. If he comes over, maybe I'll have him bop in. Uh, yeah. But it, like when we were walking, we went for a walk and we were just talking business and, and it kind of reverts back to, hey, you still enjoying what you're doing? You're still enjoying like what you're rolling out for school? And if that answer is ever no, like, like something's got to change. Like you can only work on a business so long if you're not actually enjoying what you're doing every day. Yeah, I that's, love that. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think that so many people, uh, once again, will get into Amazon because they've heard it's, you know, oh, it's, you can make all this quick money and, you know, they hate, they hate their nine to five job. But when it comes down to it, they're, you know, they're really not passionate about it. And, you know, like I said, for myself, that's one of the things that I, I'm starting to realize is, you know, I'm not being, su- you know, I've not been super passionate about my Amazon business lately. It's kind of like the thing I have to do, you know. And so, you know, I've kind of stepped back from that in terms of, you know, next year I'm going really, really hard into software. And, you know, it's, it's a big leap because it's going to be the same kind of thing of when I quit my day job to go to Amazon, right? It's kind of the same type of move where I'm not sure if I'm going to sell my Amazon business or, uh, you know, what's going to happen there. But, you know, l- that self-realization that like, you know, am I just doing this because it's, you know, what I have to do or is it, you know, am I doing this is what I really want to do. So, um, you know, once again, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody, uh, but that's great. You know, those are all great questions to ask yourself. Yeah, we did that back with our Amazon business. Like we were seven years in, we had a lot of fun. We learned a lot, but we got to the point where we honestly just hated it. Like we, every time that we were not working on free up and we're working on the Amazon business, it it felt like we were going to work for like a corporate job. And we kept telling each other that, telling each other that. And, and one day we were just like, all right, like, it doesn't matter how much money we're making. We got to shut that down. Can't sell it. Let's focus on free up and and it ended up being the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, once again, like I said, people, I'm not trying to dissuade you from selling on Amazon. I know lately it sounds like I am, uh, <laughs> but a- Amazon's a, Amazon's a rough game. I'm, I'm, you know, I, and you know, 
a lot of the gurus and things that are trying to like sell you things will, you know, tell you how easy it is and things like that. And, um, you know, there, there are definitely, you know, people who, have, who are and continue to be successful on Amazon. They love it. Uh, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from that. And you, you know, you can totally get into it and make lots of money. I mean, still to this day, I tell people as a side gig too, like, you know, if you're right, working a nine to five right now, you know, as a side gig, you want to make a little bit of extra money. I, st I still think Amazon is probably one of the best side gigs that you can do. It's one of the best main gigs you can do um, if you really enjoy it. But there are, you know, these new and, and continued roadblocks that pop up, but that's always going to happen in, in no matter, you know, any business that you're doing. So um, on that note, Nathan, <laughs> oh, go, no, please. I was please, just going to add in, I was thought. selling baby products on Amazon as like a 20 to 26 year old, like single guy. <laughs> so like there, I wasn't really passionate about what I was doing. And I think if I was passionate about the products I was selling, it would have been a way different conversation. Yeah. And that's a huge tip. And Amy, that's one of the first things that Amy and I, uh, you know, when we talk to people getting in, onto Amazon, they're always like, Oh, I really, you know, I've, I've seen this product opportunity here or whatever like that. And I, and, and I always tell people, you know, start out with either your passion or your hobbies, because if you already have a, a great knowledge base on those things, number one, you're going to enjoy it because you, you know, it's already something you're into, but number two, people will see that you're an expert already, or at least have a, a, a big, uh, base of knowledge in whatever you're selling. So I think that's absolutely great advice. Now, Nathan, we've come to the part where you've said you've done a lot of reading and, and you've been doing a lot, you know, I would love to hear kind of, you know, any books, podcasts, you know, things, things that you're, you're listening to or learning from right now that, uh, that you can share with our audience. Yeah, good question. Right now, I'm, I'm heavily into the stock market. I am reading Peter Lynch's book. This is actually the second Peter Lynch book I'm on. Um, really cool stuff on value investing, kind of what we were talking about, like just like you invest in products, you know, invest in companies, you know, in the stock market, which like back in the day, I invested in Amazon, I invest in Apple, I invest in Dunkin Donuts, like stuff I knew. Um, you get into trouble when you invest in healthcare companies that have nothing to do with what your knowledge base is. So that's kind of what I'm into right now. A lot of Warren Buffett work. Um, I've, I've kind of gone through these cycles. Like I did a lot of real estate. I did a lot of webinar stuff. Um, I was on stocks. I think I'm missing one or two of them, um, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. So we, we mentioned uh, Outsource School, uh, you know, quite a bit through this episode. But, you know, if, if anybody wants to check it out, which, you know, uh, we, we've interviewed a lot of people in terms of like uh, staffing, uh, outsourcing, things like that. Um, and I can I can easily say that Nathan is one of the, the foremost experts um, in that field. So, Nathan, where can people find uh, what you guys are doing right now? Yeah, go to outsourceschool.com. You can check out a free trial. You can book a call with one of my rockstar VAs, which if you've never talked to a, a VA that speaks perfect English, that can handle high-level phone calls, it's a really cool experience. You can check that out. Uh, you can also check out our software, Simply SOP. And if anyone's interested in a potential partnership, investment, stuff like that, uh, feel free to reach out with me out to me on any social media channel, uh, Nathan Hirsch. Awesome, Nathan. Thank you so much. Uh, as usual, always super fun to talk to you. Um, I'm glad we didn't go with the script today. We shot from the hip. I feel like those are some of the best episodes. Amy, anything else you wanted to add? No, I, I agree. This was a great episode and it was really fun hearing from Nathan in the new chapter of his life here, all the new stuff he's doing and some great advice for those of us entrepreneurs who are also going through some, you know, changes and in, in growing through our businesses, especially after this year in 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, what a year. Well, we got like 10 days left. Hope you guys stay safe and appreciate you having me on. 
Yeah, thank you so much. All right, guys, as usual, if uh, if you haven't uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, please do that. We really appreciate that, guys. Um, you know, that's what uh, really drives us is when we hear the, the coolest thing. Honestly, I know Amy feels the same way is when we get emails or comments from you guys, you know, on on how we've helped you that that, you know, that that's awesome. I really, really appreciate that when you when you guys reach out and let us know on that. Also, please let us know what you want us to cover. Um, you know, as, as you guys know, you know, we're not only into e-commerce, you know, Amy and I are also into, you know, real estate and software and all kinds of other different, uh, you know, interests. And we love to kind of, at least I love to kind of veer away from, you know, the core of e-commerce, even though that's still, uh, when you look at it, e-commerce is at the, the core of everything we do, whether it's a digital product or, you know, physical product, anything like that. Uh, so please reach out to us guys uh, on uh, I'm the most active on LinkedIn these days. Cause you guys know that I continuously have Facebook trouble, uh, which once again, they've kind of got me in the penalty box for who knows why. Um, but uh, thank you again, guys. And uh, we'll see you the next time on the Seller Roundtable. Take care, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.